No matter how much we try and deny it or tell ourselves nothing bad will ever happen to me, the world can be a dangerous place filled with some bad people. There's good people too, don't get me wrong, but the bad ones are those who have lost their moral obligations to humanity as well as the ability to feel remorse. Interestingly, there's a lot of ways in which these individuals can satiate their lust for violence and murder. With the advent of social media, well, things just got a lot easier for them. Today, we're looking at some horrifying instances in which killers took advantage of the internet in order to catch their prey. And there are lessons to be learned here, so pay attention. Welcome to Scary Mysteries, everyone. I'm Ada Fitzgerald, and if you guys enjoy this podcast, then go check out our other one called Everytown. Over there, we jump around from place to place as we make our way through America and check out some of the more insane stories that you'll ever hear in your entire life. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. And now, here are five notorious serial killers on dating apps. Number five, Stephen Port. Dating apps can be fun to use. With just a click of a button, you can be connected to people from anywhere. Anyone can use them, which is great because even the most shy of a person can still interact with others. Stephen Port, from Southend on the Sea in the UK, was described as quiet and a loner even when he was just a kid. As expected, the 46-year-old grew up to be a lonely adult, but thanks to dating apps like Grindr, he was able to find people whom he shared interests with. However, it also turned out to be an avenue where he could realize his darkest fantasies. In June of 2014, he introduced himself as Joe Dean to Anthony Walgate, a fashion student whom he met online. The two went to Port's flat where they had a drink, but Walgate didn't know that his liquor was mixed with gamma hydroxybutyrate acid, a date rape drug whose effects includes an increased sex drive, but also hallucinations and loss of consciousness. While seemingly enjoying each other's company, the young man then suddenly collapsed. Port took the chance and raped the 23-year-old student then. Subsequently, he dragged him outside of his flat and then using the victim's phone, the rapist then called an ambulance saying someone was having seizures. Soon after, medical responders arrived to help the victim. Unfortunately though, the 23-year-old was pronounced dead within the hour. Authorities then went to where the body was found and Port was questioned and was found committing perversion in the course of justice because of his varying witness statements. He was jailed for that and got out just a few months later. Then on August 28th of 2014, a 22-year-old named Gabriel Kavari from Slovakia moved on into Port's apartment. Supposedly, the Slovakian would work as a translator, but only suffered the same fate as that of Walgate. He was found lifeless in a graveyard, overdosed on GHB, which was the same drug that killed the first victim. A month later, the culprit targeted a chef named Daniel Whitworth. 
though they had been enjoying each other's company that day. Whitworth still ended up in the same graveyard the next morning. Then, in an attempt to mislead the authorities, Port planted a fake suicide note, supposedly written by Whitworth, saying that he killed Kavari and then himself out of guilt. Without a further investigation, authorities then labeled their deaths as non-suspicious. But Stephen's reign of terror finally did come to an end in September of 2015 when he met a forklift truck driver named Jack Taylor. The latter was last seen alive with Port, and with the help of CCTV footage, police were able to link the suspected killer to Taylor's death as well. The now so-called Grinder Killer was eventually arrested and found guilty on multiple charges, including murder. He's now in prison with no hope of being released, a punishment befitting for a man of his character. Number 4. Michael Harris One of the worst things a person can do against his fellow man is for him to take advantage of their weakness and vulnerability. Bobby Scott and his husband were one of those types of couples who always looked after the happiness of their spouse. Though living together, the two were in an open relationship, and this meant that both partners had the freedom to pursue sexual relations with people outside the marriage. Like his better half, Scott had been enjoying this mutual privilege. He had reportedly been with other people, and things were going well until... Unfortunately, he ended up with someone who had malicious intent. Enter Michael Harris Jr. Harris, a resident of Deland, Florida, reportedly met with Scott via a dating app. The two agreed to meet up, and on January 17th, the restaurant manager texted his husband, informing him that he'd be stopping by the 20-year-old's place. Unknowingly, though, this would be the last time that the couple ever talked to one another. In the following days, no one knew where Scott had gone or who the person he had been with. On January 20th, the unnamed husband called the Volusia County Sheriff's Office then to file a missing persons report. The police department immediately began investigating into the matter, and while they were at it, a shocking development occurred. In a wooded area of Daytona Beach, an onlooker found a person's body, which turned out to be Scott. Medical examination results indicated that the victim had died from blunt force trauma. This prompted authorities to intensify their search on the ones responsible in the crime. It didn't take long before they found Scott's vehicle in Deland, and after looking through his phone, Harris was immediately reeled in for questioning. There, he told police the deceased had left his home around midnight on January 17th. As to why the vehicle was in his possession, the young man said that Scott lent it to him. To clarify the confusion, the Lucian authorities called the husband who then said that his partner had not once loaned his vehicle to anyone ever. For this reason, the police proceeded to arrest Harris, who in turn surrendered without further incident. He was detained and brought to the Volusia County Branch Jail, where he remains without bond. In a press release, the county sheriff said that 
Paris already had a record of gay prostitution. But more than that, he was infamous for blackmailing and sometimes robbing his clients turned victims. Unfortunately, his crimes had quickly grown from petty ones to the heinous kind. Number three, Jamal Harris. Lately, there's been a running joke on the internet about dealing with expectations. Basically, it's a series of images, and sometimes videos, featuring a side-by-side comparison between things like food, items, and other merchandise. On one side, you get to see them projected in their most ideal appearance. However, the next picture illustrates what it looks like in reality. Funny enough, this joke may also apply on people. And, while some would just brush the matter off in their mind, others tend to take it rather seriously. Jessica Trulliet was among those who you might consider quite active in the dating world, and the 35-year-old had been using the social media app tagged for quite some time. On October 2nd, the woman told her family that she'd be meeting up with a man named Jamal Harris. Both had met online beforehand, and it wasn't exactly revealed what plans they had, but their evening began with Truliet picking up Harris at his home in Marrero, Louisiana. We could only imagine the excitement she probably had in meeting the man. However, things went down the drain quickly when she saw Harris in person. In the next few hours, Truliet was texting a friend for help to get rid of her date for what may seem to be a very superficial reason. Turns out, the man didn't look at all like his profile pictures, and suffice to say, she didn't find the guy attractive. For the whole night, Truliet had been trying to get rid of Harris. She told him that she was expecting some other guy to come over to her place in Westwago. It was already in the wee hours of October 3rd when Jamal finally succumbed to her request perhaps to soothe the pain of rejection that Harris was probably feeling, the woman decided to drive him back to his house. But she didn't feel comfortable going alone, so Truliet brought her father, Robert Templet Jr., along. He was in the passenger seat while Truliet was driving, and this would be the last time that the two would be seen alive. At around two in the morning, Templet Jr. and his daughter were found dead inside their vehicle that had stopped on the side of the road near the intersection of 4th Street and Garden Road. The initial investigation found the two victims shot in the back of the head. Detectives immediately suspected Harris, as he apparently had a criminal record of convicted armed robbery in 2007. But aside from this fact, police said that the person in question may have been insulted and felt upset over the woman's utter dislike of him. During the interrogation, Harris reportedly said that the woman told him that he looked like a pumpkin head. It also irked him to see her calling and texting with another person while they were together. The discrepancy of his statements when he was made to recall the events further fueled their suspicion. Because of this, the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Department strongly believed that he was the culprit behind the killing. However, in his defense, Harris's lawyer said that someone else could have shot Truliet and Templet, 
But a judge found all the probable cause to detain Harris, who is now accused of murder. As in anything in life, we have the freedom of choice. It's everyone's right to choose whom they want to interact with. Harris's bitter reaction towards the woman's rejection could be a strong motive behind the killing. But who knows? Maybe there's really another person who pulled the trigger. Number two, Talon Christian Bradley. The rising number of crimes committed on social media dating apps like Grindr has ultimately made these virtual places unsafe for everyone. On May 27, 2021, Westerville, Ohio's police received a 911 call from a person who reportedly found the lifeless body of Robert Allen Goodrich inside his home on the 600 block of Mohican Way. The caller, who happened to be a relative of the 62-year-old, said he had to ring the authorities when he couldn't get a hold of the elderly man for some time. Medical examiners ruled Goodrich's death as homicide. An investigation was immediately launched, and in the days that followed, police released a slate of photos captured from a CCTV camera which showed a red Honda Civic. The vehicle appeared to be in poor condition considering that it could be seen with a lot of damage on its exterior. Westerville police believe that this car could be connected in Goodrich's death. And with this, authorities were able to track down the driver and during the routine questioning they found out that this was exactly the person whom they were looking for. At the time of his arrest, Bradley reportedly told the officers that he met Goodrich on Grinder. As already worrying as it is, they also found out that the suspect had also met another app user, Randy Gwertz, on that very same day. The 63-year-old was eventually found dead in his home in Columbus. He too had been stabbed to death. The police report indicated that Bradley met the two elderly individuals and then murdered them after his encounter with each one. During his detainment, the young suspected killer surprisingly told police that he didn't do it. Still though, he was brought to jail and was assigned a $2 million US bond, $1 million for each of the victims. Then, things took a much more shocking turn. In an obituary posted online, authorities said that Bradley had died while he was detained. He had apparently died of a suicide, although it was not revealed the exact cause of death. With his untimely passing, all charges against Bradley, including burglary and tampering with evidence, had been dropped. Can't be helped but for everyone to wonder what exactly happened to Goodrich and Gwertz. It's also quite alarming to note that Bradley committed these heinous acts on the same day. Had he not been stopped, who knows how many other victims he may have killed. Number 1. Daniel Drayton It's not surprising to note that many criminals in history have suffered or have been diagnosed with mental illnesses. On July 17, 2018, the NYPD received a 911 call about an unconscious woman found inside a residence on 145th Road near the JFK International Airport. This homeowner was later identified to be Samantha Stewart. 
Medical examiners confirmed that the 29-year-old had suffered trauma to her neck and head, meaning that she was strangled to death. It didn't take long for the NYPD to track down their suspect. At the crime scene, they found several pieces of evidence that linked the crime to a certain Danwell Drayton. He and Stewart reportedly met on an unspecified dating website. The 28-year-old also took some of the victim's valuables, like her phone. The police report said that the Brooklyn man used her credit card to buy a ticket to Los Angeles, and there he met another woman on July 22nd. He and this unnamed individual then stayed at the latter's apartment in North Hollywood. And, for a yet-to-be-revealed reason, Drayton suddenly held her captive inside her own home. It was there that he did some of the most unimaginable acts. According to records, he choked and sexually assaulted the woman by stuffing foreign objects into her body. Not content, the assailant then attempted to choke the life out of his victim. As she was gasping for air, Drayton later admitted that he took pictures of her struggling to stay alive. To escape from her apparent death, the woman decided to play dead and he then left her alone but stayed at the apartment. Meanwhile, a fugitive task force comprised of NYPD and units from the Los Angeles police were able to track him down at the apartment, and it was here that Drayton was finally captured. During that interrogation, the arrested man said that he had been hearing voices in his head telling him to kill Stewart. He also claimed that he suffered from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And for what may seem to be a far-fetched reason, he went on to tell the police that he was being mind-controlled. He said, They used direct energy weapons on me to control my mind. Aside from Stewart, authorities believe that he may have killed other women as well, including an ex-girlfriend in Nassau County, New York. He was also accused of raping a Brooklyn woman whom he met online. If found guilty, Drayton could face more than 23 years to life in state prison. However, as of the time of making this, prosecution is still yet to prove that the accused is fit to face trial. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Rate us and share us with your friends. And if you want more content from us, As I mentioned, check out our Everytown podcast. There we're doing deep dives into some of the craziest stories that we can find from all around America. If you like true crime, you're going to love Everytown. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. On behalf of myself and the team that makes these episodes happen, we want you to know that we really appreciate it. Have a good day, and we'll see you soon. 